0: Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
1: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC.
0: You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. Uh, Not with me as always. Super producer Brandon Newman still on vacation. Drew and Isaiah holding it down for us here this week. And my father, Mike Golick Sr. Uh, And dad, one of us has to change. What the hell, man?
1: What are you doing? What what are you doing wearing the same shirt as me? I am the elder. I get first dibs. So I'm going to need you to change your shirt.
0: This is ridiculous for anyone. As always, we got a great show. Download, subscribe, rate, review, five star rating, DraftKings YouTube, uh, draftkingsnetwork.com. But it, for anyone watching this visually right now, so we had the Golick Family Foundation subpar classic about two, three weeks ago at this point, and had a fresh round of, you know, shirts in the swag bag for everybody that came. Want to make everyone feel the love. And, they're really comfortable baseball tees and the money that made them went to charity, all that good stuff. But now we have them in the closet and apparently both decided to reach for it this morning. And the one thing I refuse to do is consult my father on fashion advice going into the day, considering dad, your preferred usual outfit is a t-shirt that's either light blue or lime green that you got free from a Bass Pro Shop deal about a decade ago. So I usually assume that and anything else catches me off guard, including
1: this. Well, I mean, I will say I am proud of you because yes, that's what I do, but you are also, we are wearing free shirts, even though it's our own foundation, we did not pay for these shirts. So I, there was a point when I was in the NFL where your mother told me to stop bringing home t-shirts and hats because every other day there'd be a company or whatever that would send their t-shirt or their hat, hoping we would wear it in an interview or something. And I would bring it home and your mother was like, just stop, just stop bringing home free stuff. Uh, but I'm I'm one of those. If it's free, it's for me, and give me three. So I'm I'm all for it. So I'm I'm proud to see that you are as well. And at least though we look ridiculous in the fact that we're dressed the same, at least we are wearing free stuff.
0: That is true, and stuff that promotes back to the good cause again. The Golick Family Foundation. So you can support the Subpar Classic. All those things that we've yep. talked about on here before to help give back to the local South Bend community which I mean honestly is what instilled the value of take free stuff is college there is no place that offers you more free t shirts on a more regular basis than being on a college campus for various clubs and stuff so uh, shout out to college for making that happen and speaking of college. That seems to be where everything is happening right now. I know we always talk about July as the dog days of summer, but apparently it's the portion of summer where we now need a certified law degree to be able to digest sports headlines right now. We've got the Senate hearing on the PGA Live merger starting exactly as we are beginning this show, and we have got everything that continues to happen around the Bob Huggins West Virginia, will they, won't they, of letting him go and firing him, and the news from yesterday that North. Western has fired head football coach Pat Fitzgerald after allegations of widespread hazing within the football program and dad, that story, you know, the Bob Huggins story we'll get to in a bit is a little bit more cut and dry. Even if it's now delved into the fully ridiculous where lawyers are I'm sure relishing in sending some of the snarkiest emails and letters I have ever sent back and forth while they all collect paychecks. The Pat Fitzgerald news broke yesterday, dad. And while we talked about it on the show, Northwestern had put themselves in a position where now this was possible. I still truly wasn't sure in a world where we are only a few years removed from everything that went on surrounding Iowa football and Kirk Farron's and the allegations of a program that had a, a culture that was toxic and detrimental, especially to black players on that team. I was wondering if they might try and run the same play. And instead, Pat Fitzgerald, now after years there as a player, 17 years there as a coach, can no longer call himself that. Was there any part of you at this point that was still surprised when that news finally came down yesterday?
1: Uh, I mean, the the only surprising part about this is how everybody's handling it, especially in all honesty, the Northwestern president, who's a lawyer, by the way, and knows about process and how he has basically screwed this process up to where there was a two week non unpaid uh, suspension, which was during a dead period in the summer, which is like nothing um, to and, and then saying there was new information or there was more detailed information coming out when it looked like it was the backlash that made him rethink the two-week suspension and then go into a firing. And now Pat Fitzgerald firing back uh, with lawyers saying, wait a minute, how do we go from a two-week suspension to being fired in this case? So this one isn't over, and it's not over because of, I'm sure, reputation for Pat Fitzgerald, but also money. He's two years into a 10 year, $57 million deal. So he's making over five million a year and he had eight more years of that coming. So now it, it comes down to the legal ease from that side of it, we'll certainly get into the other side of it, of, of is he going to be fired with cause or without cause? With cause means they don't have to pay him and Pat would have to sue for the money. Without cause means they come to some kind of settlement. Uh, on the amount of money owed, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of it is about that. But I'll say this, Mike, before, because there's a lot of people on Twitter coming out and saying, I know Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald is a great guy. I can't believe any of this. And listen, I've known Pat for a few years and Pat, I I think he's a really nice guy, but I, I don't know the inner workings of what's going on there. And he has said, even in the statement after being fired, he brought up the fact of of the the lady who did the investigation in saying that Pat didn't know what was going on so that's why I was suspended for 2 weeks next thing you know uh, next thing you know I'm fired and why am I fired and and I'll I'll look at a tweet that I saved um from a, a guy named John Macuzo okay and and, and this is kind of where cuz people are going to say did they have to fire and why did they fire and you know those that are on Pat Fitzgerald's side and this tweet says they had to fire him. There's no way he possibly can recruit kids and tell the parents, I will protect your child and do what is right for them during this time at the university. He can say he had no knowledge, but if he didn't, that's a problem and he had no control of the program. And, and so in, in the big picture, that's the way I look at it. A lot of people are gonna say, did he deserve to be fired if he didn't know what was going on? This comes down to this same old question how much should the head coach know what's going on in his program, right? We know as parents, we tried to know what you and Jake and Sydney were always doing. And in all honesty, there's no way we knew everything you guys were doing if you didn't want to tell us, right? But we—that it's our job to know and be responsible for you guys and for a coach, you know, multiply that by a ton for the number, number of players a coach is responsible for of trying to know everything. So for those that are saying, well, he can't possibly know everything, so how can you fire him if an investigation shows he didn't know? But to the point of that tweet, I I think this is the way it had to go, even if he had zero knowledge of what was going on. Because I agree, college sports is about bringing in the 18 year olds, no matter what sport it is, that's the lifeblood of your program. And how are you gonna sit in a living room and say, come to my school, I'll take care of your child. And the parents saying, well, wait a minute. I mean, look what's going on there under your watch. Yes, but the, the visit investigation said, I didn't know anything about it. And a parent would say, well, that's a problem too, if you don't know what's going on in your program. So I, I understand the fact that even, even if Pat didn't know, and there are those that aren't gonna believe it, will we ever find out the truth? And we may if this thing goes to court, because there's this thing called discovery. And then there may be witnesses that really, that, that now you're talking about perjury, if you in fact are lying. So we may find out more, but I can understand, it'd be very difficult for Pat to go into a living room and try and convince parents and, and a kid to come to that school and say, I have everything under control there.
0: I'll say this about what coaches doing don't know, they know a lot. Like yeah. we had coaches yeah, that I would agree with know that. what guys were out at Thursday night spots at bars. Like they have ways of finding out what's going on with their team because they're control freaks. They're all micromanagers. They all find <clears throat> right. a way to try and control whatever part of the program they can. So the notion that he didn't know about it, again, we can't prove right now, but – does feel far-fetched and you're right there's a no-win situation there right where you're damned if you do damned if you don't that you're not going to get out of and that is the burden that comes with being the person in charge of all this and so I, i do think and this is where we can have a conversation about where the president fits into all of this right because as a general rule of thumb if you're not an alum of the school You shouldn't know the president's name at a university. That's not someone that you should readily know. And now Michael Schill is going to be a name who is 10 months into the job, by the way, taking over as Northwestern's president here. You should not know his name. And that same idea of you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen, essentially what this boils down to, applies to Michael Schill. Because through this timeline, you mentioned he is the one, and he said this in his statement firing Pat Fitzgerald, ultimately, there are other people I heard from, this decision comes down to him, was made by me. He was the one that originally decided to suspend him for two weeks in a way that seems like they hoped people wouldn't notice because it's Northwestern, because it's the summer, because it's the dead period in the offseason, and they'd be able to sweep it under the rug, or the independent investigators that they hired weren't able to uncover the same amount of information that the student newspaper on campus uncovered. Either way, seems like a bit of a problem in your process and seems like somebody ought to answer for that. Like, Dad, if we're going to hold Pat Fitzgerald accountable in the ways that we mentioned, make sense that are understandable given the situation, I don't know how Michael Schill isn't facing some of those same questions here. I've seen people say, well, you can change your mind. You can make better decisions. If he had made a better decision at the beginning of this process, actually punished Pat Fitzgerald in a way that was in accordance with what was accused here and the allegations that were brought forward here, There's a decent chance Pat Fitzgerald still has his job right now, and I'm sure that's something that Pat Fitzgerald is going to bring up with in his beef in this entire process is how it was handled. Now, Pat Fitzgerald agreed to that suspension initially because who wouldn't agree to just two weeks, but I do think we're going to spend a lot of time looking at Michael Schill now that Pat Fitzgerald's been fired. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great with convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25 gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of seeds. DSO one daily symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo code 25 gojo. So dad with Pat Fitzgerald, I think you can kind of boil it down to this is going to be about who knew what and when. Right, we've talked about that relative to Pat Fitzgerald about what he did or didn't know. But now going forward, I don't think we're done with people who could potentially be in the firing line here. And Michael Schill, the university president, it's gonna be about what he knew and when, right? He said himself in the statement where he filed Pat Fitzgerald, this isn't about one player's agenda or one player's motives. We had 11 players who spoke with the independent investigator during this time period because that investigation was confidential. I just learned certain specific details like the identity of the players involved and things like that. But, Dad, it's going to be about did he know the sexual nature of these allegations when he made the two-week decision? Did he know the full scope and severity of that when he made the two-week decision originally that he said I went back and rethought of and made a mistake on? Or did he find that out again because of the student newspaper who pried those details loose that somehow their independent investigator wasn't able to unearth for whatever reason, which would almost be a bigger red flag to me. And so, again, either way you slice that, I don't know how the university president comes out of this looking like someone who's competent enough to be at the wheel of this going forward.
1: Yeah, and then there's the AD, Derek Gregg, who I know Pat and his family had a meeting with the team on Monday night, and Greg was out of the country, so I think he zoomed into it. Um, Shill wasn't there, Um so I, I agree with you because a lot of people are going to ask, "What about the AD?" Well, this 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 goes beyond the AD to the president, so th- this is falling in Chill's lap, and it'll be interesting going forward on what more comes out because now are we going to enter a legal phase? And so some of the things you know, as we all everybody tries to play amateur lawyer, I mean the amount of People with law degrees who really don't have law degrees but think they do on Twitter is amazing. But there are some things that I actually found out from legal people. And and one of the first things is what's in this contract as far as going to court? Because a lot of times in a contract, it will say that you go through mediation or arbitration and not court. And so I don't know what's in this contract. You know, do you have to go through that? Or can you go through court? And do you want it to go into court? Because then, as we talked about earlier, there's discovery, there's witnesses. And does Pat Fitzgerald want witnesses up there? And conversely, does the school want witnesses up there as well to sit there and talk about in court of what they went through as student athletes for that university? So do they want all that? People want to know the truth, but yeah. from Pat's side, if it, if it's bad, and if it's the school side, if it's bad, do they want any of that becoming public or do they work out? some kind of, you know, some kind of a thing between the two of them so it doesn't go to court.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling because of how much the school and how much Shill screwed up the initial version of this punishment, they're gonna end up having to cut Coach Fitzgerald the check. And so I think that's gonna be the reality. But Dad, the reality going forward now for this program is also fascinating because the fire was rising the morning before this news got announced too, right? You had the Northwestern Daily reporting allegations from former players in the early two thousands of a racist culture around the team, black players and Latino players saying they didn't feel like they could be themselves. They felt like there was a culture that emphasized whiteness, all this thing that was starting to build up. And Oh, by the way, dad, the other part of this, that's hard to ignore is Northwestern had won four games in the last two years. It looked like an abject disaster. They had one win on not even on American soil last season and had been trending downward outside of the pandemic season for a while in a way that I'd imagine was also a part of the calculus in some of this decision because Pat Fitzgerald and this program hadn't been successful a while. And there's a wonder now of who takes over. I think the defensive coordinator is sort of acting as the head coach right now but has not been named the head coach, going to allow for them to search for more. But what kind of job this is now with all of this in mind is going to become a really different proposition for Northwestern.
1: so what should happen in my opinion because we're what weeks away from fall camp starting david braun is the new defensive coordinator he came from north dakota state this year so the reason it should be his job for now is he's not associated with this program right there's a lot of coaches on the coaching staff who have been here through these years with pat fitzgerald so did they know what was going on so are you just putting someone in charge who was part of this toxic culture if these coaches knew. So Braun, I think, is the obvious choice. He has not been here. He is not part of any kind of past for this. So at least for this year, I think it would be, in my opinion, crazy to bring in somebody completely new who hasn't been, Braun, even though he hasn't been there a long time, has put his system in since he got there in January and and knows what the offense looks like a little bit, obviously, because he's been there a few months. You can't bring in someone completely new just a few weeks before training camp. So I think it'll be Braun's job as the interim head coach. And then we'll see what happens after the year is over.
0: Yeah. I think that's going to end up being the move. And I mean, the timeline of that, a July coaching search search doesn't seem like something that's yeah. going to bear a lot of fruit for you, especially given the soil you're trying to plant in right now. And <laughs> dad you brought up before the people rushing to the defense of pat fitzgerald right now because yep. they've had positive interactions with him we've seen you know the letter from the team a letter from a former manager on the team people speaking out on twitter folks in the media our you know our colleagues and It's one of those things that's worth reminding in this spot. Pat Fitzgerald can mean a lot of really positive things to a lot of people and have still screwed up here and have still done more here and should be held accountable for what went on inside the building where he sets the standard. All those things can be true at once. And I understand all those people that feel like the man that they know or claim to know could not be capable of these things, but especially for us in the media, for people that work around this, it's a reminder you only know these people so much. You only know these programs so much. And like anything else, a person can be a lot of things at once.
1: Well, listen, people that in in our business that say they know them, know them like we know coaches, right? You, You call games, you're around college football all the time. You know some coaches way better than other coaches. Same with me, I would as well in college and in the NFL, but that's what you know them as. You know That's why I always, when, when I talk to the younger kids and who they look up to, I say, be careful of looking up to a player, because while you see what that player does, you don't know that player. And while we interact with these coaches, some more than others, and like I said, I've interacted with Pat, and he was always a great guy to me. We got along extremely well. But you're right, those things aren't mutually exclusive. You can be you know, a great guy and have screwed up in a situation as well. So to just blindly defend somebody and saying there's no way he could have done it when you just kind of know them on the surface, I, I think would be a bit naive. Yeah, you can be a great guy to some
0: and not to others, and you're certainly not infallible, and that's the bottom line. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so Dad, we will uh, see what continues to happen with the situation around Northwestern, as like you talked about, Pat Fitzgerald has lawyered up and got ready to go. Worth noting, uh, I saw Andy Staples from On Three on Three tweet this yesterday that. Apparently, the lawyer, uh, the law firm retained by Fitzgerald, Winston, and Strawn, is the same law firm that employs the attorney who led the case to the NCAA's nine nothing defeat in Supreme Court. So, yeah. uh, for, take that for whatever it's worth. But he, yeah. he's certainly not done with this situation. But Dan, ultimately, I think one that resonated with a lot of people too, and especially a lot of players, because it did involve the locker room, right? This place that's supposed to be, and they even said in this story part of the reason Fitzgerald had this plausible deniability was because he said the locker room belonged to the players. And while college locker rooms, there are – 80, you know, 85 plus or 80 something scholarship guys there can be up to 120 players on a team with scout with uh, walk on players. It's a big ecosystem. They will probably never all be perfect. There's too many bodies in there for someone not to have a bad time, but for something to be this pervasive in the place that's supposed to be the most comfortable area for you to interact with your teammates, it is supposed to be your safe haven during the program. It is supposed to be your space. And for this to have infiltrated it in a way that, Uh, Listen, my experience in locker rooms is only mine. I can't speak for every locker room everywhere, but in, you know, talking to other guys from different programs and stuff like I want to stress people, this is not something that happens all over the place. As someone said to me yesterday, hazing is when you give somebody like a dumb haircut or make them sing the fight song or something like that. It's not this, this is bullying. This is so far over the line in a way that I want to make abundantly clear is not happening in a bunch of places.
1: Yeah, because I saw a lot of that on Twitter as well that are like, oh, these, you know, kids are, guys are just being guys. It's just hazing, you know, it's just in fun. No, I mean, some of this crosses the line and you're right. And it should be should be said because I've, I've been obviously in college locker rooms and pro locker rooms as well. And nothing, nothing ever approached this. We did the haircuts. We did the, the singing. And that's as far as it went. I mean, so to to sit there and say, oh, this happens everywhere, there might be some form of, you know, when you use the word hazing, that sounds like it's crossing the line, some form of whatever word you want to use, if you want to use hazing, that's fine, that is done. But my God, I mean, reading about this, it's well beyond the line. And to your point about the locker room, most coaches want the locker room to be the players, whether it's college, whether it's the NFL, both of them, they want the players to have their space. But especially in college, there's somebody outside, you know, involved with the staff. I don't know whether it's a coach, whether it's a coach's right-hand man, something. Somebody knows outside of the players of what's going on, gets the pulse of the team. Like you said, knows where the players go out on Thursday nights to what bars, knows the people that they're hanging out with. There's somebody on a staff that knows that. Now, whether you choose to tell the coach about it because then you're, there's your plausible deniability or do they have that person just try and handle it, to think that if this stuff was going on that somebody outside of just the players would have known about it seems real to me that somebody's gonna know when things like this are going on, that there are those people who it is their job to know the pulse of the locker room that are gonna know that something like this is going on
0: yeah i i'd agree so it's it's a man been an ugly situation and something that i know listen everyone will be happy to put in the rear view when it comes to you know college football season and getting back to the actual nature of the sport but it's the important stuff because especially you know pat fitzgerald and this program have touted themselves as developers of young men and even in a statement yesterday talked about you know what, he believes they have done in sending young men into the world capable of yeah. being great fathers and husbands and all that stuff. Like, this is still about protecting the most vulnerable portion of your locker room population, right? Like, I had a coach that always said, You guys lead from the front and we'll worry about leading from the back, meaning, Hey, you guys set the standard and we'll work on picking up the people that are falling short of that right now or the people that are struggling with that right now. Like, it's about protecting the people that are most vulnerable. And when that doesn't happen, somebody has to be held accountable for it. And in this case, that you know that's what ended up happening. Um, Dad, uh, switching gears a little bit here, we mentioned for some reason, these things keep coming out at the same time. Bob Huggins' legal team released their response to West Virginia's latest response about an hour before all of this happened with Pat Fitzgerald. And Dad... Bob Huggins decided that he was going to make this a mess. Seems to be the only thing I can come up with because everything presented by West Virginia's legal counsel seems to state we've got receipts that you and your legal team communicated that this statement was going to come from your wife, communicated with the athletic director that this was indeed what you were doing, communicated with the basketball team that you were indeed resigning, and so somebody in all this would be doing a whole heap and mess of lying right now, and if it was West Virginia and their athletic department after this statement, I would be pretty stunned Bob Huggins' motivation for this is something that I would not be even begin to try and speculate on. But, Dad, it seems like this is not going to end pretty because Bob Huggins decided it's not going to end pretty.
1: I mean, so is Bob Huggins really trying to continue to be the coach at West Virginia after all this? Or is this just, you know, a money grab to say it wasn't a formal resignation and you guys fired me, so you breached the contract, so give me my money? Again, the university on Saturday released an email that was sent from an account belonging to June Huggins, Huggins' wife, to the athletic director, Ren Baker, the day after the the head coach announced his resignation that said, please accept this correspondence as my formal notice of resignation as West Virginia head basketball coach and as notice of my retirement from West Virginia University effective immediately. Again, from his wife. So here we are with the the lawyers out there are that are gonna decipher, well, this isn't, I mean, I would look at, and and this is where we talked about this yesterday. He's been with that pro, he's from there, went to school there, been with this program for so long, you just wondered if things were treated with kid gloves a little bit, right? Instead of making sure all the T's were crossed and I's were dotted, that the legal team at West Virginia would see this came from June's account and say, okay, this isn't legal guys. We need Bob Huggins signature on this. Or was it just too kind of a, too much of a kind of a family affair type thing where they said, okay, we accept this. This will work for us. And then Bob Huggins had the change of heart and said, wait a minute, uh, that wasn't from me. You know, that didn't come from me. My signature is not on it. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm still the head coach at West Virginia what an absolute mess this has turned into i mean this came from the west virginia
0: university office of general counsel where they pointed out that bob huggins legal uh long lawyer and the university had conversations leaning up to bob huggins announcing his uh resigning from the position of head coach had a conversation about how bob huggins doesn't use email which again is the most believable part of this story and maybe the only thing that makes sense and so the statement will be coming from his wife's email the fact that between when he announced this resignation and now has been 22 days where apparently in that time period he didn't feel the need to go back and try and become the head coach yet again for whatever reason numerous phone calls between huggins and the athletic department like the mountain of yeah we got receipts they dropped on his head seems too staggering to count. So again, I don't know if this is just one man's desire to make a mess of a situation that based on what the legal team from West Virginia presented, seems pretty cut and dry that he told multiple people, yeah, I'm done here, cleared out his office, and then decided he wanted to come back and shove a few more things in there. So I, I, and it's one of those things you mentioned, Dad, people are, I, I saw a bunch of people go to the point of, does Bob Huggins really want this to be his legacy? I can assure you, People in the midst of their legacy spend a lot less time thinking about their legacy than the rest of us on the outside, right? For everyone who wants Bob Huggins, who, like you said, means all those things to West Virginia and means all those things to his players to act a certain way. These are the same people that didn't want to see Emmett Smith in a Cardinals Jersey at the end of his career. Like, right. That's not right. how people operate when they're in the fire right now. And that's exactly where Bob Huggins is.
1: I always like reading Kind of legal terms because there's always words I, I don't understand and there's one in this because as Bob Huggins has now said I did not resign I'm still the acting I'm still the basketball coach the did you see that the response from the school what and, and I'm not gonna read the whole thing I'll read part of it it basically says if Mr. Huggins or his counsel attempt to publicly suggest that he somehow did not resign and retire from his position please be advised that the university will swiftly and aggressively defend itself from these spurious allegations. What the hell is spurious? What are, what are, what are spurious, uh, why can't it be just allegations? What is spurious allegations? That's why I always fear reading legal terms because A, I have to make sure I pronounce it right, and B, I rarely know what the hell it means. Dad, when you pay three years of tuition for a
0: law degree, you're going to make sure you get every legal word you can jam into that sucker, into that sucker. I do have to imagine that the lawyers and both sides of this are like high-fiving and drinking beers after, because as you pointed out, the only thing undefeated in this entire process is billable hours. And they seem to be get to go back and forth on an outcome and a result we probably already know. Bob Huggins isn't going to coach this damn basketball team anymore. He might be able to get a little bit more money out of the situation, but it isn't going to change much. and so. the end of the day, the only people that really win are going to be the lawyers in this entire process.
1: Here here we go. Spurious, not being what it purports to be false or fake. All right. I guess I could have figured that out by where, how it was used in the sentence. So there we go.
0: Well, dad, you know what the good news is? You know, who is exactly who they purport to be? Who's that? Our friends at Knockaround Sunglasses, summer is in yeah! full swing right now. And if you need a pair of sunglasses that are awesome, aren't going to break the bank, Knockaround is the place to go They are Your go-to for quality polarized shades that aren't going to destroy your wallet. Plus... They just released the first nine teams of their official MLB collection. You got the Red Sox and Yankees. I've been wearing the Mariners ones out and around uh, in honor of the MLB All-Star Game. We've also got the official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses as we get ready for the Women's World Cup. So don't be the person squinting into the sun, worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check check out knockaround.com. And get great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 dollars, and uh i can assure you nothing in the legal process for pat fitzgerald or bob huggins <laughs> is going to be that cheap and that affordable and in no way problematic which is also cool too um dad speaking of major league baseball home run derby last night what were your yes. thoughts in general i i feel like we got the perfect confluence of events we got Big-time performance from the hometown kid in Julio Rodriguez, who sets a single-round record with 41 dingers. Now, I don't know how we qualify that because the rules have changed so much over the middle, over the years. There's been very little consistency, but you know what? We're not going to let the truth get in the way of a good story because, man, was the electricity in that arena or in that stadium cool as hell while J-Rob was up there batting dingers. We had a switch hitter, and we had a legacy my fellow Nepo baby, Vlad Jr., going and winning the home run derby just like his father did back when he was eight years old. So, dad, top to bottom, it felt like it had a little bit of everything and enough of something to be really entertaining.
1: So, Adley Rutzman, to, to me, started off the, the wow moments of the night, right? The, the kid from the Orioles. He had 27 home runs. He had the extra time, extra minute, uh, either 30 seconds or a minute. I can't remember which it was, but in the extra time he had, I think he hit seven home runs. Now, in the first three minutes, he was batting lefty. And in his extra time, he switched hit to right-handed, and I think it was seven more home runs. It was a surreal moment. I mean, he was like everybody, you know, when you get players there, it's kind of like the players who are at the all-star game, NBA all-star game, when they're when they're taking videos at the dunk contest and just high and yep. the guys that are dunking all the players going to, to Adley and just congratulating him on how cool that was switch hitting and getting to 27 home runs and that lasted all of about four minutes until uh, Luis Robert jr hit 28 home runs and knocked him out of the round so his his 15 minutes of fame were more like four minutes of fame and he was done uh and then it was you, you mentioned it the hometown kid Julio Rodriguez with 41 home runs I mean, that that's a, a season in three minutes of what that is, and unfortunately for him, it, it it's like he knocked all his energy out, right? Uh, because yeah, in the it second was, round it was, when he got it when was he the got same, well, it was the same line as you see in a
0: golf scramble and a foursome. We wasted too many good shots off the tee when everyone yes, starts yes. bombing in one spot. He gets to a certain point and it's really cool. He gets past that point and you're like, you're gonna wear your legs out and probably not win this thing, <laughs> yep. but keep going.
1: Yeah, after because if you're first, you got to hit as many as you can. If you're second, you you have a number to go for. So all all you got to do is beat that by one, and you can stop if you have time left, and you can rest a little bit and don't have to take as many swings. But man, what a show he put on! Uh, he put on a great show. Pete Alonso, who was a guy that takes this thing real serious, and so was trying to become only the second third time winner. Uh, with, with Ken Griffey Jr., uh, he got smoked. He got beat by 20 home runs in this one, and I mean, he probably went into the batter's box knowing he had to beat 41. Going, my God, this is going to be really, really tough to do.
0: Yeah, and considering Pete Alonso had been in the dugout doing pull-ups and deadlifts the entire yeah. time, getting re- uh, getting ready, <laughs> and it somehow still wasn't enough. I have to imagine that's going to eat at him because you're right; that's a man that cares an awful lot about it, and. You know, Mookie Betts, I I did appreciate we talked about Mookie Betts, only did the home run derby because his wife said she wanted him to do it, said it was one of those things that he really hadn't done yet, one of the last few things he hadn't done in his career. And they interviewed his wife withholding their newborn baby during his home run Derby. I think it was when uh, everyone got like a timeout at one point, like a 32nd timeout that they could call in the middle of their contest. And during his timeout, they were interviewing Mookie's wife. And he was way behind at that point. And they said, he's got a lot of ground to make up. What does he need to do to get back in this? And she goes, Oh, he's way too far behind. He should just have fun. Now. I thought that was an incredible moment of honesty from a spouse in the middle of the competition.
1: It's kind of what your mother told me about the golf tournament coming up. Uh, don't take it serious. Just have fun because you ain't going to do anything in it. So, <laughs> But, oh, you yeah. know, to have I mean, Vlad Jr. Yeah. yeah, to have Vlad Jr. win this thing. I mean, the only father, his dad won it, what, 16 years ago. They had a great picture of Vlad Jr. I think he was like 12 or something like that when his dad won it. And they had the picture of him winning it. So it was it was a very cool. And, and I thought. He was going to be at a disadvantage because he went second in the semifinals. Then he got to the finals, and he was the lower seed, so he had to go first. So I thought he was going to be worn out when he went against – and I and I, and I, I hate uh, not pronouncing Randy's name correctly. Maybe you oh, can Randy pronounce Arozarena. it better than me. Oh, the, Randy the, the, he He put on a great show. I loved how he brought out his boots all the time. I kept thinking he was going to put the boots on, these, like, cowboy boots on and hit. But uh, what what a show he put on to make it to the finals! And I thought he definitely had the advantage in the finals because Vlad had to go first. But it turns out that Randy had about forty five minutes of downtime because of all that, and he ended up what he ended up one or, or two home runs short. Guerrero set a record of twenty five home runs in the final round, and Randy had uh, twenty three.
0: Yeah, uh, our friend Vlad Guerrero Jr. won because of two words potential energy that man is an absolute unit we had a big boy win the home run derby and i know pete alonzo also qualifies too but there's something just about vlad guerrero's particular brand of girth that is really heartwarming to me it's a win for the big guy community and it does help you in the endurance portion of this because for everyone else when those legs start quaking for you little guys Vlad's never going to have to worry about that because he's loaded up in the basement. He's ready to rock. So congratulations to Vlad Guerrero jr. On winning the home run Derby. Congratulations to also Marshawn Lynch for rocking the coolest chain and bringing it out to the home run Derby trophy presentation last night. Dad uh, quickly, you did mention uh, you're getting ready and leaking a little bit of confidence for the golf (laughs) tournament here. Is that your way of telling us that we really need to downgrade expectations? I don't want that to go unnoticed.
1: I need to downgrade expectations. You know, I was I was practicing, taking a couple of lessons, and as I then I go practice on my own. And as I was on the court yesterday or on the course yesterday, hitting bad drive after bad drive because I was thinking about what people were telling me. I was (coughs) I was watching videos. Finally said to myself, What the hell am I doing? What am I doing? Every time I go out on the golf course, while I'm taking the game more serious, I'm still not taking it serious enough where I'm getting bummed over bad shots I know I'm never going to be on the tour I'd like to get my my handicap right around the 10 11 12 area I'm getting close to that but I'm never going to be much better than that and I'm cool with that so I just said what am I doing And the last couple of holes yesterday I just forgot everything and I was swinging really well and I'm like all right, screw that. I'm going to have do what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a couple of beers before I tee off at 745 in the morning on Friday, and I'm going to go enjoy myself. I'm not going to win it. I'm not going to get close to winning it, but I'm going to have a good time. So I have kind of stripped myself of any kind of thought process that I'm going to play extremely well.
0: I am going to put the call out there for you. If you are a person in the crowd for this event, my dad wants to have a good time, and if a beer bong should make its way to the course, who could be stopped? Yes. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIN. Only on the DK Horse app. All right, let's finish off this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish everyone's day at send you guys off. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating, and tell us more of what you want to hear. Uh, Dad, we talked so much about Victor Wemignana and Britney Spears doing numbers this week. Apparently, the Summer League game did some numbers, too. Friday, Spurs-Hornets game on ESPN was the second most watched Summer League game ever with 1.39 million viewers on ESPN to see Big Vic uh, go out there and do his thing against Brandon Miller, the number two overall pick in the draft, too. So not surprising. I wish they'd have told us who number one was, because now that's all I want to know. But uh, Big Vic also dead, getting shut down, which I think we all expected to after his two summer league performances.
1: Yeah, listen, I think they wanted it to end on a high note, right? We know the first game, two of 13. Second game, what, nine of 14, 27 points, grabbing the rebounds, getting blocked shots, looking a little more comfortable out there. So I think it was twofold for Greg Popovich in shutting him down. Basically, one is you don't want to get the kid hurt, right? He 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 has talked about the next three months. He's going to eat, sleep, drink everything, basketball because he was only spending about half his time doing that. Because you go through the, all the rigmarole before the draft um, that doesn't have a lot to do with basketball. So you don't get him hurt and you let him feel, let him end it with the having a little bit of confidence of playing well. So I think it was the perfect time to pull him back for those twofold reasons. And listen, Greg Popovich has been around a while; kind of knows what he's doing and going to be even more rich is the new $80 million deal. He's going to be done coaching when he's probably 90, uh, I would imagine. Uh, but I, I think this is the right move now for Wemby. Get him out of there and, and just, just get him basically in the gym <laughs> to, to get some strength and some weight on him.
0: I have to imagine the sigh of relief that young man is going to breathe leaving Las Vegas after everything that's transpired this last week is going to be incredible. Um, Dad, let's get to
1: that. Um, this begins the criminal portion really of quick, the inter- Mike, oh, Really quick? Yep. Really quick? I got it for you because I knew it bugged you, and I had a feeling it would be. Do you know what the highest-rated summer league game was? LeBron's first summer league game? Nope zion williamson Zion williamson. Uh, yeah. yes it was 2019 pelicans knicks 1.61 million so not shocking that it was going to be going to be that game all
0: right there you go all right so that makes sense zion what wasn't uh, still could potentially be box office we'll see uh hopefully uh mariah mills has stopped tweeting at this point um <laughs> let's get to that um dad we had the Alabama baseball gambling scandal from a while back that ended with the Alabama head baseball coach, Brad behind and losing his job now receive a little bit more reporting. And dad, the details of this story include some of the dumbest men stuff of all time. Like I cannot stress enough, how incapable I believe women would be of being this stupid in this particular setting or any setting as the details that we've gotten out of this story. This is as guys being dudes of a story about making criminal mistakes as I've ever heard.
1: I mean just I don't know how you can be this dumb but Bert Neff decided to be this dumb. Bert Neff was an incredibly great high school pitcher uh, who everybody thought he had a great career. It turns out he's a bit of a tool, and basically burns bridges wherever he goes. He's like a youth coach now, but I don't. I think he's people even hate him for that. This guy took hundred thousand dollars to a Cincinnati sports book to bet on the uh, LSU Alabama baseball game. One hundred thousand dollars he took to bet on LSU. And it was a bet that was too big for the game, so it immediately wa- raised some red flags. And the basically the guy at the window was telling Bert, "You can't, you can't do this." And he was basically saying, "Hey, uh, listen, you you have to let me do this. I need to do this. I this is what he said. He indicated that he told this guy to, who he wanted to make the bet with. He had inside information on the game." And right in the palm of his hand, he was texting the Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon, who no longer has a job there. And on that, te- in the text, he was Bohannon was telling Neff that the starting pitcher had a tight back and wasn't going to pitch, and they were going to start another guy who hadn't started in three or, or since like for like three months or something like that. Not only that, this was in a sports book, so there's cameras everywhere. The cameras could look down on the, on the cell phone and you could see the entire conversation between Neff and the Alabama basketball or the Alabama baseball man, uh, coach. I mean, how stupid can you be? You try and make a bet that's too big, you tell the guy that's not letting you make the bet, I have inside information, and then you have it on their phone, which the camera is catching and you're able to read the entire conversation. I mean, I don't even want to be associated with the same gender as this guy for how stupid he is in this situation. But here we are. This is just another black mark against men, you know, of how dumb we can be. Thanks, Bert, for that one.
0: I just want to know because this is not the only school that was potentially implicated by uh, him as well. Apparently there are allegations or possible connections between him and – Staffers that were eliminated at Cincinnati where his son is a pitcher at Xavier, according to sources. Is this a guy who's been gambling for a while because he seems to be someone who is operating like this is his first time? Everything I've ever heard about betting on college baseball is that there aren't a lot of people putting big-time bets on college baseball (laughs) games ever. Everything about this situation screamed to be a red flag right now. This man is to gambling what Steve Carell in the 40-year-old version was to talking about boobs. It seems ridiculous, so (laughs) I – I'm glad that they've got him done with this now, obviously, but uh, I'm going to miss the sheer stupidity of this story, uh, which, Dad, is a perfect segue to the third. Now, we've got that story about someone being a full-blown moron, and we've got this story, who may be the only actual, like, legitimate criminal mastermind among the bunch, it was reported yesterday that the FBI had finally captured and arrested Xavier Bubadar, better known as Chief Saholic, the Chief superfan who wears a wolf costume to Chiefs home games. The 28 year old was charged with one count of bank theft and one count of transporting stolen property across state lines. He would routinely wear the wolf costume to games and had been on the run since March. After he failed to appear for a court date, the greater Kansas city crime stoppers had placed him on their most wanted list, getting up to as high as number five last month, <laughs> dad, Saholik had been on the lamb for quite some time had been incorporated into the chargers preseason schedule release video has become so much folklore that I am bracing myself for the headline Chief Saholik has escaped from jail in the next few weeks. There is no way we have heard the last of this man.
1: And if you're going to be a criminal, because obviously you know what you're doing, you don't, you don't, you know, by accident fall into that. Would you want to be higher on the most wanted list? Would you try and make yourself the highest you could? It got to number five. I mean, do you want to get up the ladder there a little bit and say, you know what, I'd like to be number one somehow, some way? Is I wonder if that's a goal of anybody's once you make the most wanted list.
0: I mean, he's 28 years old, so I would assume he came up playing Grand Theft Auto like a lot of us. And yeah, I thought (laughs) you spent most of your time in that game trying to get five stars so that you'd have tanks and the whole government coming after you. And so I'd imagine if he was goal-oriented at all, that yeah, that was probably something he was holding out for. Again, to go down like this... Uh, it was six. So he was on the run for six weeks. It was a good long yeah. stretch there. He cut off his ankle monitor and was discovered near a Tulsa mall after he didn't appear for that arraignment hearing. Had a million dollar warrant issued. That had to feel pretty nice, at least a seven figure warrant issued for your arrest. Yeah. Feels yeah. like you have yeah. kind of hit the big time.
1: So would you if you saw him in his outfit and you knew all this, if there was a reward, would you turn him in?
0: Man, I don't know if I want to be known as the guy who turned it in. I might do it, but I don't think I'd be able to take the reward right now, especially I, what he did was criminal, absolutely needs to be punished. But also, do you want to be the guy that ends the folklore of Chief aholic in a very public fashion? <laughs> I don't know if that's where I want to be. If you want to support this podcast in a public fashion, download, subscribe, rate, review it, leave us that five-star rating, and check us out at the DraftKings YouTube channel. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll go, we'll go.
1: Boom, money in the bank.